technically, we get into September 21st, but um, welcome back. Some of you have been away, and I know some people are catching the last of summer as well, so it's, it's good to be here. Uh, young people, thank you for sharing with us. You are such an inspiration uh, as you allow God to work through you and the love uh, that you've shown, uh, and that a whole experience at the dump and, and some of these uh, lost, little, hurting people and uh, the ability to go and share the love of Christ with them. Well, if you haven't been with us, you won't know that we've been in a series of messages um, entitled Ancient Wisdom for Successful Living. Now, all of us want to live successfully, right? Uh, that all of us want to live well. Uh, the, the wisdom would, would be considered living skillfully, um, living a blessed life, having good relationships and, and uh, financial security and a joyful life and good employment and, and all of those kind of things. And I, I want you to know that God wants that stuff for us. In fact, he has given a, a book of the Bible called the, the book of Proverbs in which he gives us um, wisdom for living, practical living, um, that we can have lives that are saturated in his wisdom. You can't have, you can read the Proverbs and you can do what they say and not be a Christian. And you can profit from that. But really to understand the Proverbs, you also need to understand that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And underpinning and undergirding all of this is our relationship with God. Now, if you think about it, our lives are largely comprised in the decisions that we make in life. The outcome of those decisions. A lot of stuff is in our hand and and we um, make decisions day in and day out. And probably most of us look back and think... This or that was not a good decision that we made, and we have regrets about it. You know, maybe we didn't save enough money. Uh, maybe uh, we married the wrong person. Uh, maybe we, uh, we're, we should have avoided debt, or we should have worked harder in school, or not quit school, or left school, or something like that. And, and all of us can look back in our lives and say, you know, there are things that if I were to do it again, I would do differently. Well, we can't change the past, but we can learn from wisdom. And uh, taking advice. And uh, you may make a mistake and exercise poor judgment. And some of those decisions we make uh, carry uh, us through the, the rest of our life. And some of them we can redo. And Proverbs helps to give discernment to the young, to the naive. It helps them to understand. It, it gives wisdom to the foolish so that they can stop being foolish and live their lives well. And to the wise, they just get wiser and wiser. And so we've been looking through a number of different things this summer, different topics, and there's so many more. I know somebody was talking to me this last week, and Alex, I think, said, are you doing something on marriage out of Proverbs? No, and what about financial management? So there's so many other good things in there that we haven't had a chance to get to. But I hope that as you have been reading and studying and taking this in, that it's been helpful. Here's a picture that I came across this week, and I thought this is good. Um, it says, uh, two of the greatest qualities to have in life are patience and wisdom. Now, I don't know what that dog learned, 
But he learned something. He got him some wisdom at some point because he's letting the, the, the skunk eat out of his, uh, out of his uh, uh, bowl. And, and uh, you know, so I hope you're getting wisdom. I hope you're learning something. And, and folks, we don't have to learn it all the hard way. I, you know, I, I said to Gerda, I, you know, I should maybe think of, you know, the top 10 stupid things that I've done. She says, you're restricting that to 10? Like, <laughs> you know, think of all the things that we do and we go, oh man, what, what was I thinking doing that? Um, but God, God has provided us um, wisdom. And I trust that your wisdom quotient this summer has gone up and will continue to go up as you avail yourself of what God teaches us in his word. Much of the first section of uh, the book of Proverbs from chapters 1 to 9 are longer discourses. After chapter 9, we get into predominantly these little one-liners and and that kind of thing. But it's interesting to me, when we did the initial message on uh, the introduction to the book in chapter 1, verses 1 to 7, and, and we learned what the book was to be about. Now we settle in, and, um, and here's what we have once we get through that introductory uh, channel, uh, uh, passage in, one, in chapter 1, verses 8 and following. Uh, so we said that so often uh, this is kind of couched in a parent to a child, a mom and dad to a child, and here's, here's a dad saying, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. There are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. And then he says this, My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, Come on, come along with us. Let us lie in wait for innocent blood. Let us ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and, like, uh, and whole. Let those who go down to the pit, we'll get all sorts of valuable things and we'll fill our houses with plunder and cast lots with us and, and we will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their path, for their feet rush into evil. They're swift to shed blood. The, for the, after the beginning introduction, he says, now, here's a dad talking to his kids, and he says, now, if there are this group of hooligans that come along, you say, hey, let's go. Let's go raise a little hell. Let's go cause some trouble. Let's go beat up on some people. Let's go take what they've got. Don't do it. Don't do it. And, and he, here we have a, a truth. And, and here's, here's the truth that I want for you. Uh, that one of the most significant life-impacting decisions you will make is who your friends are. This is, this is going to weave its way through this book. One of the most significant life-impacting decisions you will make is who your friends are. Don't go with these guys. If they call you and say, come do this, don't do it. You be very careful in who you choose as your, your friends. That's why your parents, young people, that's why your parents kind of will question you about your friends, who they are, your choice of friends, because they know they can be absolutely detrimental to your life and your direction, and, and have a huge influence on you that may be negative. Uh, consequently, you can choose good friends, and it can, it can come back on you very profitably in your life. It's why you, as parents, are so wary of who your kids are, are hanging out with. 
Because you remember your parents telling you, hey, I, I don't really like this kid who comes around who's hanging out with you. I don't like this group that you're with. And, and they remember that. And some of you parents look back as I do with regrets and saying, you know, I made some stupid decisions. And part of that was involved that, that I was uh, hanging with the wrong crowd. You remember, uh, you remember things that you've done. And that's why it's such a powerful force for good or for bad in our life. And that's why, as young people, you need to be so uh, circumspect uh, and careful about who you choose as friends. Um, you may look back and you may say, I did things that I would never have normally done, but I hung with the crowd that moved me in that direction. And that's a reality. See, God has created us to need people, to need other people. Here it is. We were created to need friendship and community. You say, I, I, I feel so alone. Well, that's, that's not good because God meant you not to be alone, but to, uh, to put you in community so that you would have friends that you would have people in your life. See, when God created humankind, um, he, he entered into um, space of time for him to realize that he needed other people. So what God did was he created on the sixth day, he, he created Adam. And he had Adam uh, uh, categorize uh, the, the animals. And, and he let Adam go to the, the end of that day. And every day when God created, he punctuated his assessment of that day. And God saw that he created whatever. And he saw that it was good, 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 good. And then we get to day six. And God has created man, but not woman. And man is alone. And God says, not good that the, that the man should be alone. Because he needs people He's got me, he's in a right relationship with creation, but that's not enough. He wired us to need other people. So we, we need to understand that, that we have endemic to our nature, we have a need to be in relationship and community with others. Uh, but we were, committed, we, were, we were created to be in meaningful community and, and to look to relationships uh, that are that can powerfully impact or influence influence us for good and not for evil. So, the first order of business when when the the uh, Solomon gets into this book is watch who you uh, make friends with because it is huge. Uh, here's the principle. I want to state the principle this way. The principle is this: you become who your friends are. You become what your friends are. What your friends are is what you'll become. If these are the people you hang out with, that's the kind of person you're going to be in all likelihood. Here, we see it in Proverbs 13 and verse 20. It says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and you'll be wise. What, are, what your friends are, what your closest associates are, the people you hang out, that's what you're going to become. Um, you become what they are. So hang with the wise people. Hang with people who are, are going to have a positive influence in your life. The Apostle Paul would state it uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 15 and 33 this way. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 
Bad company corrupts good character. So if you hang around with people that are a negative influence, you're going to take some of that on. If you hang around with wise people, good people, you're going to, you're going to do well in that. The people you hang out with are going to shape your life in profound ways. And so Proverbs uh, begins by saying, now look it, don't hang out with those hooligans, don't hang out with those people who hurt and go wild and steal. It's interesting, in London in 2012, while we were still in London, uh, St. Patrick's Day came along and um, there was a party uh, on a, a street, on Fleming Drive, right near Fanshawe College. And uh, that night, the partiers were out, and uh, they attracted a group of about a 1,000 people. And alcohol and testosterone and a crowd are a bad combo. And so these guys got into trouble. Uh, they started fires. They, started, uh, tur- they turned over a car. They turned over a CTV van that was covering... Um, the whole thing. Uh, Police Chief uh, Brad Duncan said it was the worst case of civil disobedience in London's history. Uh, You would have seen it on the the, the media here. A fire in the streets, they had furniture, they had tires, they started the the vehicles on fire, lit them on fire. Uh, They were taunting the police, they were throwing bottles at the police, um, and they were smashing things. And one 20-year-old guy by the name of Brendan Dowden was in there, and he was a part of that riot. Uh, He was destroying uh, uh, property. He was taunting the police. uh, And uh, he was foolish enough to post what he was doing on social media. Took part in flipping a car and lit a CTV van on fire. Woo woo, look at me, all my buddies and my friends. What a stupid thing. And they got him. And uh, what happened to this kid? He, He was apprehended. He was charged. He shamed himself. He shamed his family and his parents. I remember he was on TV and, and, and it's, what happened? He was hanging with the wrong crowd. And he was emboldened by the crowd to go along with others and do things he would never do. Taunting the police, throwing things at the police, defying police orders. And there's this herd mentality or this gang mentality. And, and we assume that, uh, that, that the actions of others you know, we, we're fueled by that, and we do things we would never do by ourselves. It's interesting, in Leeds uh, University, they did a little bit of an experiment, and they took 200 people and put them in a, a giant hall, and they told them all they wanted them to do is walk around that hall. But they took 5% of those people and said, now, here's the pattern we want you to walk. And so they went, and with some kind of definitiveness began to walk a pattern and nobody was to say anything they were just to walk around this place and and they found out that very quickly that five percent of the people only 10 people began to have other people comply with what they were doing and walk the same pattern it's interesting you see people have an influence on us and so in the in the proverbs we have a few cases where we're told about uh, to beware of certain things. Uh, one is in the case of alcohol. 
And, and so you become what your friends are in the area of alcohol. And, and he, says, uh, he says this in uh, chapter 23 in verses 19 and 20. Listen, my son, and be wise and set your heart on the right path. Do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. For drunkenness and uh, drunkards and gluttons become poor and drowsiness clothes them in rags. He said, be careful of abusing alcohol. And the way you live, keep to a right path. These guys were bombed out of their mind. They were, they were uh, just causing and wreaking havoc. Uh, their senses had been dulled. Uh, and, and you get people to say, you know what we're going to do? We're, gonna, we're going out and we're just going to get hammered. That's what we're, the weekend is for getting hammered. And so we go to the beer store, we go to the liquor store, and, and we load up and we start drinking. And we drink and drink until the early hours of the morning. We feel terrible the next day. And then we do that. And then, and then maybe Sunday we're getting ready for work again or for school again. But, but this, the, the express pur- purpose of let's get hammered. Um, when, you, when you say to those people, you know, let's get a buzz on. Um, you're asking for trouble. When you hang with that kind of person, you become that kind of person. If that's the kind of person you want to come become, then you're doing the right thing. But wisdom says, don't, don't hang with those kind of people. Uh, my brother had uh, a best friend growing up, and uh, he was getting married. And um, his friends were throwing a stag for him. And um, we were there at the stag, and the whole point of the stag was to get him as hammered as they could. So everybody was drinking, or almost everybody was drinking. And I remember at, uh, at a point in time, uh, his friend was feeling terrible. And uh, he was sitting over a big green garbage can, emptying his innards. And I remember him saying... Water, water, water. And somebody brought vodka, which is clear and looks like water. And he took it and he emptied his. And Mark and I had to take him into emergency for uh, uh, alcohol poisoning. And I, you know, I had to say to myself, so this is what we call a good time? This is, if you hang out with that crowd, that's the kind of thing that you do. And so somebody needed... Uh, to do something and to help. See, there's a lot of warnings about the abuse of alcohol in, um, in Proverbs. And so the point is, set yourself on a right course. Don't hang out with people that are just living to get hammered in their life. How about the sexually immoral? Proverbs 29 and verse 3 says this. A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. This is a guy who's living for, for uh, sexual gratification. He's looking for prostitutes, but it's not necessarily just prostitutes. Uh, this is somebody who, who is, wants to satisfy his sexual appetite. A companion of prostitutes, and he squanders his wealth. He, 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 shoots, he shoots all his money on that kind of thing. It's foolishness, the Bible says. Uh, don't do that. Wisdom is incompatible with sexual immorality. Going to strip clubs, hanging out in bars, looking for a one-night stand, trying to pick somebody up, a guy up, or trying to pick up a gal, and and seeking a sexual experience outside of God's express purpose and use and boundaries. 
If you hang with those people, you're going to do what those people do. That's what he's saying. How about angry people? Angry people. Um, Proverbs 22 um, says this. Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. When you're looking for friends, don't make your closest associates people who have anger management issues, who blow up, who do things. They're the kind of people that, you know, you're going to be a road rage thing. They're going to be out of the car trying to beat on somebody. Don't, don't make those the, the uh, focus of your friendships. Or you might learn their ways. You may pick up their things. If you hang with those kind of people, you may do that. People who rant and rave and throw things and explode and, and, and have no self-control. You can learn their behavior. You can become like them, so stay away from it. Let me say this, mom and dads, you can teach your kids that too. You can be out of control. You can teach your kids uh, things that you don't like in your life, and they'll pick up on some of those things as well. You can't choose your family. You can choose your friends. And and there's just a a word of warning to all of us of what we're teaching our children, even by our own behavior. See, relationships are powerful determiners of who will be. Uh, Jim Rohn uh, opined this. You are the average of the five people you spend most time with. I thought that was kind of an interesting statement. You're the average of the five people you spend most time with. See, people can influence your worldview. They can influence your beliefs. They can influence your behavior, as we saw in a crowd mentality. In fact, they they, uh, did something checking out monkeys. And and with monkeys, uh, when a younger monkey would see a a snake, they'd get all fidgety and, and start chirping and chattering and get away from it because they watched other monkeys and and when you're when you're in with a group and you pick up their things and and their sensitivities or their fears you know you watch how that impacts them watch people when you're voting for something all right all in favor and you're looking to see if the influencers put up their hand if the influencers put up their hand you put up your hand because you're, 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 uh, you pick up on those things. Personal preferences, what you wear, the music you listen to, the lifestyle, what you eat, all of those kind of things. You pick that kind of stuff up from your friends. If you're running with a crowd um, that that's, uh, that is, uh, wears a certain thing, you'll be wearing a certain thing too. If they, you know, it, it, it affects us. Healthy social networks lead to healthy, happier lives and live longer. If you're in good uh, social networks, uh, healthy social networks that are putting into your life, you're happier, you live longer. So if you want to become something, you need to hang out with people that you want to become like. If you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. If you want to be generous, hang out with generous people. If you want to be holy, get with holy people. If you want to be loving Uh, Make friends who are loving people. If if you want to be healthy, associate with people who are concerned about uh, their diet and exercise. When you hang out together, you eat the same thing. You do the same kind of thing. When you want to do well in school, don't hang out with a kid who does eight hours of video games every day. 
Hang out with somebody that puts a priority on doing well and being diligent at school and prioritizing. If you want to be more spiritually fervent, get with people who are more spiritually inclined and you'll see that you become like the people you're closest to. There's a powerful, powerful influence in our friendships and our associations. Our son went to Ottawa to school uh, a number of years ago. We had, uh, we had him for 18 years. Uh, we sought to teach him and train him and live in front of him and inculcate values into him and all the rest of that. And now we're going to send him away to Ottawa. He's going to go like uh, so many of ours, our uh, young adults are heading back to university where he doesn't have kind of the watchful eye of mom and dad. He doesn't have the restraints of uh, living in a smaller community where there are eyes on you everywhere. Uh, he can, he can um, uh, you know, go and kick up his heels and, and, and do what he wants. Um, and he went to Ottawa, and he connected uh, with uh, a church. And, and we always encourage you guys, when you're going off to school, look for a church. Don't say, yeah, I got through the first semester, but I really didn't find a church. You didn't look hard. Find a place and get in. And, and he went uh, to the Metropolitan Bible Church, which is a great church in Ottawa. And he got connected with young adults. And he was involved in a music group. And he was involved in two different life groups. And uh, when I watched him and how he progressed, he was so serious about his faith. Um, he was involved in the music ministry. He met a gal who shared the same values. And uh, she became his wife. And today they're serving God together. And uh, they're raising their three children to follow Christ. And uh, I was so encouraged this summer as we were with them and watch him uh, leading his children in the word of God and praying with them and helping and guiding with them. See, what made a difference was the people he hung out with. Um, and, and unlike some who go off to university and just throw off all parental restraint and live it up and deviate from the path, we've seen some discur- disturbing uh, statistics of people who are walking away from the faith. And some of that largely has to do with the people they're hanging with. One of the most significant factors that will shape your life is with whom you are closest. Those are going to have a a huge impact on you. A few takeaways as we wrap up here. Um, The first takeaway is don't isolate yourself from other people. Don't isolate yourself. So you may be saying, well, you know, better not to have a bad influence on me, so I'm just stay away from people. We said God created you to be, have friendships and to be in relationship. In Proverbs 18 and verse 1, it says this, An unfriendly person, a solitary person, pursues selfish ends and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. A, a person who, is, uh, who stays away from others, a person who is, isolates themselves, seeks their own desires. We need people. So don't stay away from people. Just be careful in the people that you choose. Because an unfriendly person, a solitary person, is so self-focused, they can't be totally healthy in that way. Um, turn, some people who turn inward, it defies how God made you. You need to turn yourself outward and think of others, not just yourself. Secondly, make friendships with people who are what you want to become. 
I hope you have some noble uh, designs on your life and what you want to become and who you want to be. And if that's the case, you need to make friends of the kind of person you want to be yourself. Think carefully about that. Be strategic in your friendships and who you want to hang out with. Um, I've mentioned to you, God put a man into my life. Um, I had him as a professor. Um, I, I had other connection with him. And he, he was the kind of man that just was so incredible. In his early 80s, he, he always read three books a week, 52 weeks a year. I've been in his home. He had a stack of books beside his desk cutting through them one at a time. He, he, was, he was absolutely brilliant. He was a godly man. He was steeped in wisdom. And that's the kind of guy I wanted to, to be around. And so I, I kind of adopted him as a mentor, and he was uh, amenable to that. He had the qualities that I wanted to have. And um, I was so appreciative of him. Many people have impacted my life. And I want to tell you something. Many of the people who have impacted my life have been older people. And, and this is, um, this is uh, both a, a pat on the back to some of our older people, and it's also a challenge to you uh, to avail yourself of the wisdom that you've gained over the years and helping younger people um, to do that. And uh, to walk with people who have walked with God and had a depth of relationship. Uh, spend time with these people. Thirdly, Take advice from wise people and be teachable. Be teachable. You see, a fool won't receive instruction, but wise will. In Proverbs 15, uh, verse 22, it says this. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Are you the kind of person that will take counsel are you the kind of person that will seek out others to check yourself, to, to, to have wisdom that is beyond yours? Um, advisors, a mentor, somebody who will help you. I, I want to encourage you um, uh, to, to uh, take advice from wise people and be teachable. You know, sometimes you, you tell somebody, uh, and, and this is where Dr. Greer, he could talk to me and he could say, Kevin, I see this in your life or I think you're wrong in this area. And, and I can do one of two things with that. I can say, you know, tell me what to do. My pride is hurt. You know, my feelings are hurt. You thought I wasn't what I should, you know. Or you can say, you know what, you're right. And I think I can improve that. And you can become the people that God wants you to become. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens his brother. Iron sharpens iron. You want to improve? You want to be better? You know, it, with iron sharpening iron, there's some friction there. Uh, there's, it, it's not totally pleasant. But in that, um, God can do something with you. Um, Fourthly, parents, establish good relationships, for starters. Establish good relationships. Like, you know, you can sit there thinking, well, this is good for my kids. No, it's good for you. You need to hang out with the right people. You need to have the right influences in your life. And, and, um, and to have that blessing of God. And then help your kids establish those same healthy relationships. Uh, you know what? Help them. Help them to see. N- nurture them. Uh, invite Invite kids maybe over or, or help them establish relationships with kids that are a positive um, impact on their life. Help them to establish that. 
same thing. I, one of the things that we've been blessed with our kids, uh, w- with some of our friends who have just had an impact on our kids' lives positively for Christ. And, and they have seen that in our friends. And so uh, we, we need to um, help our kids, guide them toward good relationships. Kids, if, you're, if your mom and dad are saying, you know what, we're not that crazy about your friend, listen to them because they understand some things that you maybe don't understand yet that will help you in life. Um, lastly, seek to be a positive influence in the lives of others. Not only, this is, not only do we receive, but we give. Um, we, we seek to help others, to encourage others. We seek to leverage the influence that we have to help others become all they can become. And we can, uh, we, we can help them be that. Now, here's, here's the thing, and, and here's, here's something that's um, a little bit tricky. You can be so busy keeping away from people that you deem are not right for you that you can keep yourself from helping people who need God's grace too. Here's what, here's what Jesus said in Luke uh, 7.34. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you say, here is a glutton. These are his detractors. Uh, Here's a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Here was a a knock on Jesus by religious people. This guy, Jesus, hangs out with the wrong crowd. He was not a drunkard. He was not a glutton, but he sure was a friend of sinners, and he was highly uh, and, and roundly criticized for that. And, and we need to not only be concerned with the relationships we have, we also need to reach out with love and care and befriend those who don't share all the same values that we do. You, ha- you need to understand and know yourself well enough to know how strong you are to be able to go be in another environment. Jesus could do that because he was Jesus. But, but God wants us to share with others. He wants us to have an influence with them. It's, it's been great to, for me to see and hear stories from you, some of you folks, that you, you've changed some of the attitude in your, in your office. You, don't, you won't put up with the gossip. You won't be tearing somebody down. You won't join in that. You won't tell the dirty story. You won't, and, and all of a sudden, you, can, you change bit by bit. The people won't do some of that stuff. They respect the influence that you have. So be an influence for Christ in that way, but you need to know yourself, and you need to be close to God, and uh, you know, this is so important that we need to give attention to the guidance that we're provided with in Scripture. We're going to, um, we're going to prepare ourselves for communion. In fact, I'm going to ask uh, the servers if they'd come up and take their places at the front here, please. Um, this week represents kind of the official close of the, uh, of the summer, the beginning of a new school year, uh, back to school, back to university, new challenge. Um, and uh, here we are on a communion Sunday, and it reminds us of the love of God in Christ at Calvary. It takes us back. Uh, to recall what he does, has done for us. It anchors us um, in his saving work 
We look back with a sense of awe and gratitude. And as the hymn writer put it, and I wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned, unclean. Oh, how marvelous, oh, how wonderful. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And so as 